We're going to start with a key question today. Can we trust the Gospels? Hi, Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. This is a book by Mark D. Roberts, Can We Trust the Gospels? And the subtitle, Investigating the Reliability of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, there have been several of these kinds of books out there, but I like what uh, Robert says. Oh, by the way, I didn't say anything about him. Uh, he was a senior pastor up in Irvine, had his uh, Ph.D. from Harvard, teaches. He's published all sorts of articles. He's got a, a really good blog site, markdroberts.com. And here's what he said. He said there are all sorts of good books out there. He said uh, many of the basic facts and arguments in this book can be found elsewhere. He says what makes this book distinctive is its availability to non-specialists, including non-Christian readers. And he says, of course, some people who are going to know the scholarship are going to want something more um, extensive. But he says this book is meant to be shorter, to be easily grasped by people who don't have specialized academic knowledge and who don't want to wade through a much longer book. So that's the value of this thing. It's short. Let's see, what is it? Uh, as far as the actual writing, about 195 pages and uh, very easy to get through. He covers questions like this. Can we know what the original gospel manuscripts really said? Did the evangelists know Jesus? When were they written, the gospels? What sources did the gospel writers use? Did early Christian oral tradition pass down reliably the truth about Jesus? What are the New Testament gospels? What difference does it make that there are four of them? Aren't there some contradictions in the gospels? If they're theology, can they be history? What about miracles? Do they undermine the reliability of the Gospels? Because they're full of miracles of Jesus. Are there historical sources from the era of the Gospels that support their reliability? What about archaeology? Does that support the reliability of the Gospels? Maybe the early church had a political agenda. Did that influence the content of the Gospels? So there are some of the key things. So I'm going to start with chapter 2, which is can we know what the original gospel manuscripts really said. And he starts by quoting from a pretty powerful book, maybe one of the best-selling books of all time, The Da Vinci Code. And uh, he says, critics of Christianity often allege that the gospels don't resemble the originals. And of course they have, uh, that book really goes after Christianity, tries to poke holes in it, has one character say this, the Bible is a product of man, not of God. The Bible did not fall magically from the clouds. Man created it as a historical record of tumultuous times. And here's the key part. It's evolved through countless translations, editions, and revisions. History has never had a definitive version of the book. And the key part there is it has evolved through countless translations. Now, that's a, a major exaggeration, as Robert says. The Bible didn't evolve as if our English versions stand at the end of a long chain of transformations, you know, that there's the original and then it got changed a little bit and they got changed with others. And then they had translations after that that changed it some more. And here we are today, just totally removed. He says, no, he said, every modern translation of scripture is based on manuscripts written in the same language as those used by the original writers. So he says, well, we've got these documents, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, written probably in the second half of the first century, written on papyrus, which wasn't particularly durable. And he said these uh, autographs, they call them autographs, those would be the originals, they're probably worn out through use. And so he said, then you've got people that copied, of course. 
And he says, sometimes the, the scribes did make changes or they made errors. So he says, even the best manuscripts we have today are probably just a bit different than the, the autographs, the first ones. And he says, in fact, they were probably done by people who are not professional scribes, many of them, but by copyists. So at that point, you start thinking, yikes, there are a lot of changes here. Can we really know what the original gospel manuscripts actually said? So he says, well, let's think about what are the standards when we evaluate manuscripts. First, antiquity. In other words, we want the manuscripts as old as possible. Why? Because they're closer to the originals. And if you have less time between the original and the copy, there's probably less of a chance through errors, copying errors. Number two, you want to have not only old manuscripts, you want to have a ton of manuscripts. The more you have, the better. Then you can determine the original wording. Third, you want trustworthy scholarly methodology. They're called textual critics. You want them to be extremely objective as they look at this. And then fourth, you want to look at the quantity and quality of ambiguous passages, differences. They're called variants among the manuscripts. So they're, they're the four that we're going to look at. How old are the copies that we have? How many copies do we have? Can you trust the scholars? And then what about those textual variants, the differences between them? Okay, so it says, how, does the, how do the Gospels measure up to those standards? Let's start with number one. How old are the Gospel manuscripts? We have a lot of copies to look at. And, and what are we talking about, the gap? Well, it says the smallest time gap is a part of the Gospel of John, about two generations away from the original. And he says the more complete manuscripts are about a century later than the original writings. He says, from our point of view, that makes us a little bit nervous, doesn't it? Because you think, wow, so we're talking maybe 100 years between the originals and the, the first copies that we have now. He says, but if you compare the antiquity of the gospel manuscripts with other ancient writings, you can trust the gospels. So let's, let's he says, let's start with uh, Josephus and Tacitus and Suetonius. One's a Jewish historian, the other two are Roman historians. So what about Tacitus and Suetonius? They're around the time of Jesus. The oldest manuscript we have comes from the 9th century. Jo Josephus, 11th century. So we're talking about a time gap of something like 800 to 1,000 years between the originals and the, 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 the earliest manuscripts we have. But historians accept those as basically reliable. They don't have a problem. He says if you take others like Herodotus and Thucydides, they're 500 years away from the originals, the oldest copies that we have. So he says, he makes a good point. He said, if you have to say you don't have confidence in the original content of the Gospels because of the, the time gap there, so then, then that throws out all ancient history and literature. He said, that's not, that's not right. He said, you don't find that skepticism among classical scholars and historians. That's unwarranted. So the Gospels, as far as antiquity, how close to the originals, they get a top score. Number two, how many do we have? Well, they said over 5,700 manuscripts. They have at least a part of the New Testament. They keep, they keep finding more. So how does that compare with other uh, famous writers of this time period? Tacitus, the Roman historian. Remember, we've got 5,700 manuscripts of the New Testament. How many manuscripts for Tacitus? Three. How about Suetonius? 200. That's not bad. Josephus? 133. 
How about Herodotus, 75? Thucydides, we only have 20 manuscript copies of his. So the gospel manuscripts are about 20 times larger than the average number of manuscripts of comparable writings. He said, I'm not even considering the manuscripts that have been translated into Latin and Syriac, which were done very, very early. Then you've got the early church leaders. I mean, think about the early church fathers. What did they do? They often quoted from Matthew or Mark or Luke or John and Bruce Metzger and Bart Ehrman, who's actually a pretty heavy critic of Christianity. What did they say about these early church fathers? He said, we have all sorts of scriptural quotations in the commentary, sermons, and other treatises written by the early church fathers. And then listen to this sentence. So extensive are these citations that if all other sources of our knowledge, for our knowledge of the text of the New Testament were destroyed, they would be sufficient alone for the reconstruction of practically the entire New Testament. So what what are they saying? If you lost every manuscript, but you could go back to the church fathers, you could reconstruct almost the entire New Testament because of them saying, well, as as Jesus said in John 10, or as so-and-so said here, They've, they've got it. It's there. So it's doing very well when it comes to closeness to the original. It's doing very, very well when it comes to the number of manuscripts compared to other ancient writings. Here's the third question. Well, what about the reliability of this textual criticism? They look at external evidence and internal evidence. External evidence has to do with the relationship among the manuscripts. Internal evidence concerns the actual content. And it says different teams have tackled this. He said, if you were to take two different teams of textual critics and ask them to work independently on a critical edition of the Greek New Testament, they would agree more than 99% of the time. Textual critics have come to an extremely high level of confidence, no matter who, who or what they are or what their religious beliefs. So they seem to agree that you can trust, highly you can trust the New Testament, the Gospels. All right, what about number four, though? These textual variants. What does that mean? Differences between the manuscripts. Different words, different phrases. Bart Ehrman, remember, he's the one who's a critic. He wrote a book called Misquoting Jesus. He says there's something like 200,000 to 400,000 variants among the manuscripts. He said there are more variations among our manuscripts than there are words in the New Testament. Oh, no, that sounds bad. But Robert said, you know why we have so many variants, why we have so many differences? Because we have so many manuscripts. That actually, that's good, right? Maybe you want to have a lot of manuscripts, but it does end up with a lot of variants. So, if they only had two manuscripts, he says, then you, you wouldn't find very many variants. Well, here's the good news. Yes, there are a lot of variants because of these manuscripts, but... The vast majority of these differences are insignificant. Either they're so rare, they're not original, or they don't appear in the older manuscripts, or they don't impact the meaning. Robert says, in fact, the vast majority of these variants are spelling uh, variations or errors. Daniel Wallace, by the way, he's a terrific guy. Uh, You can find a lot of his material online. He's a good textual critic, good Christian guy. He says only about 1% of the textual variants make any substantive difference. About 1%. What would these textual variants look like? He said, well, let's take the two most obvious ones. John 7, 53 to 8, 11. That's the story of the woman caught in adultery. 
If you look in your Bible, it often says the earliest manuscripts do not include this passage. Well, the story didn't mean the story was made up. It could have been true, but it might have been added to John long after he actually finished his task. The other one is the long ending of Mark. That's after Mark 16, 8. But he says, look at these two passages. He, yes, they may not have been in the originals, but do they alter our understanding of Jesus? No, not at all. Now, Bart Ehrman, of course, wants to undermine the confidence in the New Testament. So he's got this book, Misquoting Jesus. And you know what's funny is that he says you would expect with a title like that to find all sorts of examples where he says, here's what Jesus said, but it was corrupted. Here's something else, and it got corrupted. But that's not the case. It, it's a clever title, and it sells books. But that's not really what the truth is as far as the contents. In fact... What's funny is Ehrman himself, when he talks about these variations, he says, to be sure, of all the hundreds of thousands of textual changes found among our manuscripts, most of them are completely insignificant, immaterial, and of no real importance for anything, other than showing that scribes could not spell or keep focused any better than the rest of us. Wow. So Ehrman, who's tried to scare us by telling us 200 to 400,000 differences, admits in that same book, he's he's a good scholar, so he's he's got to admit it. He says, most of them don't make any difference at all. He's too good a scholar not to tell the truth. The other thing that's interesting that Roberts points out, he says that the greatest irony about misquoting Jesus is that Ehrman is saying you can't trust the manuscripts, right? He's trying to undermine confidence. And you'd expect Ehrman to come up with dozens of examples. Hey, we don't have any idea what the autographs really said. But in fact, he has all sorts of examples that prove the opposite. He does offer many cases of textual variance, but in every case he confidently explains what the change was, what the earlier manuscript actually said, and what motivated the copyist. Wait a minute. So in other words, Ehrman's book is supposed to be weakening our certainty about the New Testament. He actually says, if you take a look at textual criticism, we really do know what the evangelists and the other New Testament writers wrote. Okay, so there are many textual critics who are committed Christians with an evangelical view of Scripture. So, Roberts concludes, Can we know what the original Gospel manuscripts really said? Yes, we can. We can have confidence that the critical Greek texts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John represent with a very high degree of probability what the autographs of the Gospels actually contained. So, this is something I think you would uh, really enjoy reading. Hugh Hewitt has a radio talk show... Uh, uh, National Radio Talk Show. He's a good guy. He says, this book is quite simply the best effort I've ever read by a serious scholar to communicate what scholars know about the Gospels and why that should encourage us to trust them and to trust Jesus Christ. So uh, his name again, Mark D. Roberts. Very easy to read, very accessible, a good book. If you want, just kind of a basic book to understand and to gain confidence in the Gospels. You can you could not do any better than Can We Trust the Gospels? Excellent read. All right, well, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll see you next time.